Some of life's greatest adventures take place on a road trip. Nothing is more enjoyable than traveling the open highway with the windows rolled down and the music turned up. Each town, each exit, an experience all its own. Hello friend, I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio, and today I'm inviting you to take a road trip with me. You see, I'm convinced that reading the Bible is the greatest literary adventure you can ever take. But with 66 books, two testaments, and more than 600,000 words, it can be a daunting journey to attempt. That's why I wrote my two-volume book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, where I give you a bird's-eye view of God's Word so you can clearly see how it all fits together. All 66 books of the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation. So pack your bags and join me on the ultimate road trip through the Bible. You'll be glad you did. Here's Brian with details. The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1 and 2, can be yours today by request for your gift of $50 or more to support the ministry of something good. When you order the print versions, you'll also get instant access to the Route 66 Digital Library, a $275 value. The online library includes electronic versions of the book, plus video sermons, audio messages, and downloadable sermon notes on all 66 books of the Bible. Visit somethinggoodradio.org to request the two-volume set and to gain immediate access to the Route 66 Digital Library. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Pastor Ron, not only did you break this project up into two volumes, but you created what you call eight different road trips, five in the Old Testament and three in the New. Why do you think this journey is one that everybody listening today needs to take? Well, obviously, Brian, the most important trip any follower of Jesus needs to take is that daily uh, journey into the Bible, the personal time we spend in God's Word. The Holy Spirit uses this time as the primary way that God speaks to us and leads us in our walk with Him. My goal with the ultimate road trip through the Bible was to give the reader a way to experience God's Word as one story with one main character, Jesus, who is the Christ. My hope is that by experiencing the 66 books of the Bible as eight separate road trips, well, this overarching theme will be easier to recognize and understand. Such a great idea, Pastor Ron. And this two-volume set is something we're hoping every one of our listeners will have in their library. That's why we're making the ultimate road trip through the Bible, Volume 1 and 2, available as a thank you to everyone who makes a generous year-end gift of $50 or more to Something Good Radio. And right now, there has never been a better time to give. Thanks to the generosity of some ministry friends who have provided a matching grant, the impact of your gift is doubled right now, up to $17,000. Give online at somethinggoodradio.org or over the phone by calling our offices at 757-276-1099. Or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. Well, the first step to winning any war is knowing you're in one. The second step, know your enemy. One of the problems with your adversary, the devil, is that he lurks in the shadows. And when he does come out, he masks himself as an angel of light. But whether he wants to be known or not, we can know him. 
Dr. Ron Jones tells you how today on Something Good as he continues his teaching series, Armored, Dressed for Victory in Spiritual Warfare. Visit somethinggoodradio.org to listen to the broadcast on demand. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Subscribe to the podcast at Apple Podcasts, at Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now here's Ron with today's message, Unmasking the Schemes of the Devil. Well, unmasking is a word that uh, we hear a lot of in the news today. Uh, It's a word that describes a common practice found in the intelligence community in Washington, D.C. Sometimes, as I have come to understand, uh, an American gets caught incidentally in the surveillance of a foreign enemy by the CIA, the FBI, the NSA. And when this happens, that American citizen is masked in the intelligence report. In other words, his or her true identity is kept secret. And my understanding is there's a very good reason for that, and that's because it is illegal to spy upon an American citizen. But sometimes when our intelligence community is out there surveilling uh, would-be enemies of the state, Um, an American citizen is incidentally included in the report. Um, And when this happens, um, especially when unmasking happens, when their identity is revealed, and that's a common practice apparently in Washington, D.C. as well, when that happens, it leads, leads to all kinds of problems for the American citizen who might have been otherwise just minding their own business, right? Well, I'm in a series of messages on spiritual warfare, and uh, you might be wondering, what what does all this spy talk have to do with spiritual warfare? Well, put simply, the devil would like nothing more than to hide his true identity and remain masked to the people of the world. One of the ways he does this, one of his favorite ways, is to get some to think that he is nothing more than a cartoon character in a red suit with a pitchfork and horns on his head. Or he convinces others that um, he doesn't exist at all, or even worse, that he is incidental to our lives. Uh, He operates best in darkness and flees from any hint of light that might expose or unmask him. Last time when we began this series, we said one of the most important things to do at the front end of Uh, teaching on spiritual warfare, and as we think about spiritual warfare, is to know that we are in a war. And we talked about the invisible war. Ephesians tells us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against uh, the rulers of darkness of this world. We are in an invisible war. We are soldiers in the army of Christ as believers in Jesus Christ. But it's also important to know your enemy. The better you know your enemy and the enemy's uh, war plans and strategies, the better equipped we are to fight in in this spiritual war. Ephesians 6 and verse 11, Paul writes, put on the whole armor of God. Yeah, we're gonna get dressed for spiritual warfare as the weeks go on. We're gonna go piece by piece and talk about each piece of the armor of God. But he says, we do this that you may be able to stand against the schemes the schemes of the devil. Later in uh, Paul's letter to the Corinthians, chapter 2 and verse 11, he says, we are not ignorant of the schemes of the devil. That word translated schemes refers to his war plans, his strategies. 
Uh, one of the older translations of the Bible, the King James says, um, to be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. He's a wily creature, schemy. He has strategies. And we want to unmask them. I have a question for you this morning. Are you ignorant of the schemes of the devil? Well, if you are, then you're easy prey for the devil, even as a believer in Jesus Christ. Our job is to know that we're in a spiritual war and secondly, to know our enemy well. He's not all that difficult to figure out because <laughs> we're going to go to the pages of Scripture and with the help of Scripture, unmask him. Now, in the earlier service, uh, somebody texted me afterwards and they said, uh, Pastor, when you said uh, you were going to be unmasking the schemes of the devil, I thought it was one of these kinds of masks. And he, he sent me a, a picture of a, a sign that he saw outside of a church that said um, something like, I... I, I want to be like the Apostle Paul. I want to be on the road to Damascus. Yeah, that's really bad, isn't it? That is really, really bad. That's, my wife calls that seminar humor, you know, from the seminary. Now, we're talking about unmasking the schemes of the devil, exposing him and his strategies. He loves to operate in the darkness and in the shadows, but when you shine light on his strategies, <laughs> oh, he doesn't like that one bit. I have five strategies I want to unmask today. In doing so, expose the, the true identity of the devil himself. And what we're going to find is there is a corresponding piece of the armor of God that helps us to stand against this particular scheme of the devil. Just watch this and listen to this unfold and take some good notes. The first scheme, number one, is deception. Deception. The devil is a deceiver. He's got a PhD in deception. And his whole nature and his, his person is all about deceiving you and deceiving me. In fact, one of the names of the devil, and there are many in the Bible from, you know, Lucifer, the devil, Beelzebub. One of his names is the serpent of old. And it is a flashback, of course, to Genesis chapter 3, uh, the story of the fall of man. And it begins this way in verse 1, ominous words here. Now, the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. I don't completely understand it, but apparently the devil was able to take on the form of a serpent, of a snake, and he slithered his way into the Garden of Eden, and the Bible says he was more crafty, more schemy, more wily, uh, more able to deceive than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. Uh, we could go all the way back to that time and say that the devil has had since the beginning of time to perfect his craft of deception. He knows what works, and he's been doing it in every generation. And it's easy to kind of predict, you know, what he's going to do because, well, he, he, he did it even in the beginning of time. Even in uh, chapter 3 and verse 13 of Genesis, when the Lord confronted Eve, Eve said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. Uh, the devil deceives by telling lies primarily. He makes bad things look good and terrible things look terrific. He makes wicked things look appealing and deadly things look like they will yield the best experience of one's life. He even said to Eve at one point, you will not surely die. 
It was a lie uh, from the dark and devious heart of the devil who, according to Revelation chapter 20, will be cast into the lake of fire at the final judgment along with the fallen angels who enjoined the rebellion against Almighty God. And that's, that's the best news we can hear today is that at the end of the day, in Revelation chapter 20, uh, the devil will be cast into the lake of fire. Jesus once pointedly said to the Pharisees, you are of your father the devil, and your will is to do your father's desire. He says the devil was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth. No, he doesn't, because there's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Don't ever forget that. The devil is a liar, and he's the father of lies. And this is why Paul, in his letter to the Corinthians, he warned them about false apostles, deceitful workmen, and those who disguise themselves as followers of Jesus Christ. He said in 2 Corinthians 11 and verse 14, and no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. He is a deceiver. He is a master of disguise. And he's out to deceive you, and he's out to deceive me. And no wonder the New Testament says over and over again, do not be deceived. Are you deceived today? Have you believed some deception, some lie of the devil who is the father of lies? 1 John chapter 5 and verse 19 says, the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. Now think about that. Uh, the, the, The world in which we live is living under a deception. The Bible tells us as we get closer and closer to the end of the age and certainly during the tribulation period, a future event in Bible prophecy, uh, that, that a great delusion will come over this earth. And so many people, educated people and gifted people and experienced people will, will be deceived into believing uh, so many of the of the devil's lies. Well, how do you combat that? How, how do you stand against the scheme of the devil and against his deception. Well, back to Ephesians chapter 6, and we'll talk about this next week. You put on the belt of truth, right? There's no truth found in the devil. He is the father of lies. But we get dressed for spiritual warfare and for victory in spiritual warfare by putting on the belt of truth, and we'll talk more about that next week. But make no mistake about it, friends. He's a deceiver and a liar and the father of lies. We'll be right back with more of today's Something Good message from Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Something Good Radio is a 100% listener-supported ministry. We're so thankful for your prayers and financial support, gifts that help Ron share the gospel through this media ministry. Satan is the father of lies, which means he will contradict the Word of God every chance he gets. Let's learn more in the rest of today's message, Unmasking the Schemes of the Devil. Once again, here's Dr. Ron Jones. Secondly, another scheme that I wrote down this week is his use of doubt, of doubt. He he loves to cast doubt upon the Word of God. And if you go back to Genesis chapter 3, there it is in black and white. One of his schemes and one of his strategies that he's been employing since the beginning of time. 
And it works in every generation. It says again, verse 1, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, listen to this. This is, this is his first conversation, his first interaction with Eve. Did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? Do you hear him casting doubt upon the word of God? Did God actually say that? And he just drops a little bit of doubt in Eve's heart. And then he engages in what I would call some verbal gymnastics here. Now, let me just use a little gymnastics analogy. You know, in gymnastics, um, one of the beginning moves is, well, let's just call it a round-off, right? You all know what a round-off is in gymnastics? I, I demonstrate it for you today, but if I did, I don't think I'd get up off the stage, so I'm not going to do that. But I think you know what a round-off is. Uh, if you're good at a round-off, that's great, but it, it may get you to your high school gymnastic teams. It'll never get you to the Olympics, Right? You've got to combine the round off with the back handspring and a couple of twists in the air before you land, and you've got to land on both feet. We've all seen the combination moves in gymnastics. Well, the devil here in Genesis chapter 3 is doing some verbal gymnastics, and it's more than just a round off. It's a round off with the back handspring and two or three twists in there before he finally lands where he wants to land. Let's go back. He says, did God actually say, there's the round off, casting doubt upon the Word of God. Did he actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? Whew. Here comes the back handspring with a twist, and it's found in the little word, any. God never said that he isn't, they aren't supposed to eat of any tree in the garden. He just mentioned one tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right? Don't eat from that one. Uh, the devil is schemy. He's wily. He's conniving. He knows the Word of God well. Don't ever forget that. He knows it well enough to twist it just that much. And he's got Eve already down. Did God really say this? And now her mind is all confused by the addition of things to the Word of God. It says in verse 2, and the woman now says to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it lest you die. You know what I hear in the words of Eve here? Uh, a woman who uh, lacks precise knowledge about the Word of God. She refers to that tree as that one in the midst of the garden, kind of generally talking about it. No, Eve, it's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Know the Word of God with precision. If you lack precision in the Word of God, you are easy prey for he or one of his emissaries to twist the Word just that much. So he's dropped some doubt in Eve's heart. He has twisted the Word. Now he's got her twisting it up a bit, and now watch her add to it. He sa she says, neither shall you touch it lest you die. When did God say anything about not touching the tree? He never did. He said, don't eat from it. He never said you can't touch it. She adds that in. Again, she, she lacks precise knowledge about what God told her to do. 
lacks the precise knowledge of the Word of God, and, and she, is, she is open prey and open season for the devil who comes to deceive her and who comes to cast doubt upon the Word of God. Now, church history is laced with um, people who have cast doubt upon the Word of God. We call them liberal theologians, all right? I remember just a few years before I entered seminary uh, to work on my master's degree, uh, this was back in the early 90s, a few years before that, in the mid-1980s, a group of um, so-called religious scholars, liberal theologians, uh, formed a group. There were about 50 of these scholars and about 100 lay people. They called themselves the Jesus Seminar. And their whole purpose for gathering together was to say, 2,000 years later, we need to discover the historic Jesus. Because, you know, these, these four gospel accounts uh, written, you know, within just decades of the time that Jesus lived, they aren't as reliable as our historic uh, assumptions of who Jesus is. And so they took the, the red letter edition of the Bible, you know what I'm talking about, these the Gospels where the words of Jesus are highlighted in red and the rest of the text is, is, is black lettering, not because Jesus' words are more important or more inspired than the rest of it, but just, just to help with reading. Well, they put that on steroids and they had a color coding system of red, pink, gray, and black. Yeah, Jesus said this. We're not sure that he said this. He absolutely didn't say this. He might have said this and color coded the Gospels that way and basically obliterated anything that was trustworthy in the Gospels. You know what I hear in the Jesus Seminar? I hear the voice of the devil echoing from Genesis chapter 3. Did God really say he's up to his old tricks? It works in every generation to cast doubt upon the Word of God. You know what I've learned about my doubts over the years? Doubt your doubts. Just, just... <laughs> When doubt plagues you, when the devil drops that into your house, just, just for a moment, doubt your doubts. Because there, 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 is, there is no record of the life of Jesus of Nazareth that is more trustworthy than Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It is the most uh, trustworthy set of ancient documents we have compared to Aristotle or Plato or any of those documents. I don't have time to go into all that, but doubt your doubts and just understand, uh, you, you, you can hear the devil saying, did God really say that? Is, is, is that really the Word of God? Now, how do, we, how do we stand against the scheme of the devil to cast doubt upon God's Word? Well, the Lord has given us two pieces of armor. We don't put these on, we pick them up. We pick up the shield of faith, all right, and we pick up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. We'll talk about this in detail in the weeks to come, but I want you right now to see the interplay between the Word of God and faith. We need the shield of faith along with the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Why? Because Romans 10 and verse 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You are engaging in an exercise right now, whether you're in person or online, where you're hearing the teaching of the Word of God, and it is strengthening your faith. 
Thanks so much for spending part of your day here with us at Something Good Radio. Today's message, Unmasking the Schemes of the Devil, along with all of Ron's messages, can be heard on demand at somethinggoodradio.org. It's so easy. Use the radio tab at the top of the homepage. That's somethinggoodradio.org. But the devil, the devil knows how to divide. He divides in politics. Listen, a lot of what I hear in Washington, D.C. today, it's, it's beyond just the debate that happens between two sides of the aisle. There is a divide in our country like I have never seen in my lifetime. And I don't see it as, you know, Republican versus Democrat or, you know, partisan politics. I see the fingerprints of the devil the, the, the footprints of the devil, the voice of the devil all the way back to the beginning of time because he is a divider. He is not a uniter. That's next time when Dr. Ron Jones shares part two of his message, Unmasking the Schemes of the Devil. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.